Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, and for the latest updates, information, and picks, you can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. Today is Friday, June 17th, 2022, and this episode covers all of today's Major League Baseball games. In case you're new here, I built a mathematical model for win probability, hitter, and pitcher projections, and I analyze weather data in order to make one side pick and one total pick on every game played Monday through Sunday, though there are no Sunday shows. That doesn't mean that I recommend you do the same as my goal in this episode is to share key information about today's games, pose a few questions to think on, and explain why the model or I like a certain play in order for you to come up with picks that you are comfortable with. I never recommend blindly tailing or fading any pick, but rather to hear the justifications and thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with me or against me before investing your hard-earned money. As I go through my plays, remember there are no locks in gambling, so I'll give you our loves, likes, and leans to indicate my confidence level with respect to scaling wagers. And as always, please remember that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I'd like to say will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Last night had some things, uh, bad luck kind of go away, loses one run games. The day was just kind of bad in general. Just couldn't quite get there with enough runs. Yesterday, one of those bad variance days. Still up for the week. Hopefully we can get back on the winning track uh, today. It's been just kind of an up and down last several weeks. Um I kind of expected by doing a one side pick and one total pick that we'd have more trending towards more normal days. And so far, we haven't seen that. I, I do expect that to be the trend. But so far, it's been very feast or famine on just how the whole day's gone. I, I don't I don't really think that should continue. There's no real reason for that. It's just kind of an interesting quirk. And before we get to today's slate, reminders, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you're on please consider subscribing or following. It's free. The only way, assuming you turn notifications on, to ensure you don't miss any of college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides. Share with a friend if you know others in the game. Hit me up on Twitter or drop a comment if you're on YouTube. I love those and try to respond to as many as I can. And as a reminder, I encourage all my listeners to have multiple sports books in their portfolio, especially ones with reduced juice dime lines for MLB games. That's if you, if you have these at your disposal, you should be able to find an edge on any game. You don't need a billion, but having at least three or so it's probably a smart idea if you don't have accounts with the books that I recommend. I've got some links in the show's description and on the website for you. That's www.pickswiththeprofessor.com slash sportsbooks. We'll get right to it today. There are 16 games, one double header. We've got the earliest of the games, the first game of two in Washington. 105 Eastern first pitch, Phillies. At the Nationals, it'll be a hot one here in game one in Washington. 94 degrees at first pitch, 94 degrees at close. Winds will be blowing out or across to right field. It'll be kind of a subtle difference there. Could definitely help out a left-handed hitter, especially if it's blowing out to right. Even if it's across, it might take something that's more, uh, you know, to the, to the gaps and push it over a little bit where the fences are shorter. Could help out a lefty. Probably not going to help any righties out. But the heat's going to definitely make the ball carry. With two pitchers who know how to give up some runs, Ranger Suarez for the Phillies, who has a 4-4 ERA, his advanced metrics and projection, both a little bit better than that, but not by much. At this point, very league average. Versus Joanna Doan, a guy we have loved to fade, got sit down, got called back up here for this doubleheader. About a seven ERA. His advanced metrics say it should be in the five and a half. So I'm going to say not as bad as the ERA, but I mean, when your ERA is seven, that's that's a very low hurdle to get, a, to get over. He projects to be in the low fives. I mean, a very bad pitcher, uh, obviously, is one who we've faded a lot. And when they've pitched him and they've lost it's been by a lot he's been a guy who's either caught too much of the strike zone or not enough of it so he'll walk guys that he'll throw a few too many pitches over the plate get hit around pretty heavily the model interestingly enough says phillies minus 186 when i woke up this morning i checked this line the phillies were i think minus maybe 210 and where the price was for the nationals it was starting to think maybe there's an edge on the nats here depending on where this line goes which was very difficult to, to swallow given how bad Adon has been. And then the numbers started creeping down as the morning went along. And when I locked in plays, I noticed, uh, and I'm on the money line here, as you can see on the screen, I'll talk about that here in just a second. I mean, on the run line, 
Uh, but when I locked in plays, the money line had actually gotten down to minus 191 for the Phillies. And so people were saying, you know, early on, hey, the Phillies are the team to back here. I would completely agree with that. Then as that number, um, it should be the Nationals were the team to back just because the price was too high. And then as that number's gone down, they've now back on the Phillies. I'm seeing the price up for the Phillies back to minus 201. Uh, I, I'll be curious to see if we see any more ping-ponging on this game. It's a real battle of you don't want to back a Doan, but at some point there's a buy, there's a buy price that everyone has. And so as I mentioned in that intro, this is where I just kind of want to lay things out and have you come up with what you think. I mean, on the one hand, if this price for the Nats gets into the plus 200s, at some point you either have to say there's value at that price because the game's in Washington, the Phillies, you know, are solid, but maybe not great. Their bullpen still projects well, but it hasn't done that great. Um, Suarez isn't a good pitcher either. And at some point, if you're laying crazy big prices, you want it to be with a good pitcher and Suarez is not good. So at some point, if that price gets up there, I mean, you have to kind of consider that or you just have to say, you just have to pass and just say the price got away and it's not worth the investment. But on the other hand, it's really hard not to fade Adone with how bad he's been. Philly's offense average or maybe slightly above average should put up some runs. Maybe you look at a Philly's team total over. It's a hot day. The ball will carry there's a lot of different ways you can dissect this. And to me, a lot depends on the price, especially with the, the swings I've seen this morning. If you're swinging things 20, 30 cents, I mean, that either flips what side you might want or at least changes it from a play to a no play or a no play to a play. So a lot happening in this game. I think it's one of the more fascinating ones, especially with regards to the price. I'm on the Phillies run line. Again, right now, the price in the Nationals is the 175-185 range. I just don't think that's a, that's not enough. I mean, the model says 186. I think that's a that's a fairly solid price. I mean, you can't go that high backing Ranger Suarez. It's just the bottom line. You can't. So I think that price is pretty solid. If the price is up in the plus 200s, I'd really consider, you know, a unit, a half unit on the Nationals just because at some point it's baseball and Suarez could get hit around pretty easily as well. As it is... With the number here at the run line at minus 125, I think that's pretty solid value. I just think the Phillies score a lot of runs, and I'm just going to bank on the fact that this run line, the odds on the run line, I think should be higher than 125. So I'm going on the Phillies at this point. The price is swinging like crazy, though. Who knows if this price will even be available by the time I upload, or it could be a whole lot better. Like I said, this game's been pretty crazy. So I'm on the Phillies run line. I'm going to fade Adone. We've made so much money off of him so far. I'm going to keep riding that train. Totals 10 and a half. I'm going to go over that 10 and a half with a B grade pick. It's hot. Uh, Suarez knows how to give up runs. I don't definitely does. Only a B grade though. Minus 120 isn't exciting. Um, if you're seeing 11, I'd probably rather have 11 at better odds um, than this. The one benefit to 10, going over 10 and a half rather than over 11, a little bit of a price is if you get to a 5-5 game, you've got the win. But 5-5 doesn't seem extremely likely here. Suarez can give up some runs, and so if the Nationals win, they could win by any any score, and they don't definitely give up runs. So if the Phillies put up runs, they could get any number. So I'm not saying 5-5 is impossible, but it's it's not the value that you'd have in a tighter game where you're saying, hey, that's definitely on the table here. It's like, I guess it's possible. So I'd personally rather go over 11 with better odds than this. It's a B-grade pick. At 10, I'd go A. 10 and a half is just a, a bridge too far, that extra half run to dock it one letter grade. I like the over. I just don't love it here in game one in Washington. To Chicago for the other day game, 220 Eastern first pitch, 78 degrees to start, 78 degrees to close. Winds will be blowing across to right field at the start of the game, and then shifting will be blowing in by the very end. It'll kind of shift as the day goes along, 10 to 15 miles an hour. Charlie Morton versus Keegan Thompson. Morton not nearly as bad as that 5.70 area would indicate. His advanced metrics think he should be in the mid to low fours. The projection is still in the upper threes. Getting closer to four, though, he hasn't had a great year, obviously, but he's not that bad. He's a good pitcher, not a great one, though, which is unfortunate given how good he was last year. He was a lot of fun to back as the season wound down. At this year, at this point at least, I think he's good, not great. The benefit for him is that the Cubs' offense has really, um, really struggled. Uh, they got swept by the Padres here in some massive run-scoring environments, and the Padres, for the most part, took advantage of that. 
and the Cubs, for the most part, you know, they scored a few runs, but they didn't really. Cubs with O'Keegan Thompson, who's got a mid to upper threes ERA. Advanced metrics say it should be a run higher, and that's about where his projection is. I don't think he's very good. Um, early on, he looked like he might have something going, but at this point, um, I mean, average at best, below average at worst. So the Braves will definitely have an edge with the starting pitcher. Even with Albies out, they'll have an edge on the offense. They have, in my opinion, the best bullpen in baseball. And the Cubs bullpen, that again, was once a strength, not looking as solid here the last couple of weeks. Braves have an edge everywhere we talk about. Run line seems like a pretty cheap price here. I'll take the Braves minus one and a half at minus 110. It's a B-grade pick for me simply because it's it's not – I can give it A-grade fading a dome on the run line because that's just been such a profitable play. But otherwise with run lines, it's really hard for me to get to an A grade run line. Fading the Cubs in this spot yesterday worked. I think it's a similar setup. I think that Morton, obviously not nearly as good as um, Joe Musgrove, but it's a similar setup with regards to the fact that the Braves are just a much better team than the Cubs, just like the Padres were. So to make the same play here as yesterday, run line, fading the Cubs, B grade. Money line is minus 173 right now, and the model says minus 172. So maybe a tiny edge on the money line, but at that price, I'd rather just shift to the run line and say, if the Braves win, they probably win by a decent amount. With regards to the total, I'm going to go under eight, and I'm giving this an A grade. Wrigley is so sensitive to the weather, we're not going to get into the 80, so it's not going to be hot. The wind will be blowing across. As the game moves along and we get to the bullpens, as the wind starts blowing in, that'll knock down some fly balls. Even across to right is probably going to hurt the left-handed hit. I mean, the right-handed hitters more than the left-handed hitters because it's going to push the ball to the biggest part of the park. The only way that it's going to help a righty is if he really hooks one um, that's foul, that maybe now hooks inside the, inside the foul pole. Um, but otherwise, you know, the wind, more neutral to start, but but it, it might help us a little bit. And or again, as it as the game goes along, that wind's going to help us out, knocking down balls. Again, not hot in Wrigley. I think Morton is undervalued with regards to the fact that he's still good, just not great. And I don't really trust this Cubs offense to score. This Braves offense, while still good, does take a little bit of a hit without Albies. I see the Braves winning this game something like 5-2. to two. I think they can get the run line, and I think we stay under this total of 8. So Braves on the run line is a B grade. Under is an A grade for me. So the night game, 640 Eastern first pitch. Brewers at the Reds. We're going to start off in the mid-80s in Cincinnati. We're going to close in the mid-70s. Winds will be blowing out to center field or right center at 10 miles an hour. You have a massive pitcher's park there in Cincinnati, as we've long talked about, at least to start with a warm night. And then winds blowing out for pretty much the entire game should lead to a lot of runs in this one. Eric Lauer versus Hunter Green. Lauer with a shiny low three ERA, not that good. He's probably more in the league average range in the low fours. Um, Hunter Green, a little bit of an opposite story. ERA in the low fives, not that bad, probably also league average. Um, That doesn't mean I'm backing the Reds though in this spot. It's all about the price. The model says the Brewers should be minus 126. So I'm all over the Brewers at minus 105, and I'm giving this an A grade. Uh, Hater is away from the team. It sounds like it'll just be yesterday and today, um, and then he'll be back tomorrow, assuming there's no complications um, with his wife being in labor. Obviously, we hope everything's fine there, and he's back, and everybody's happy and healthy. Um so the Brewers take a little bit of a hit with him out of the bullpen, but even with him gone, the Brewers bullpen is still better than the Reds bullpen. So I did look at the first five, but it's, it's minus 105 on each side for the full game and minus 110 on each side for the first five, indicating a coin toss in both scenarios. But given the fact that even without Hader, the Brewers bullpen is better than the Reds bullpen, I'll take the extra nickel off the price and go with the full game money line. A great pick for me as it's not that I think that Lauer is that much better than Hunter Green. I think they're probably pretty similar to each other. It's just the fact that the uh, Brewers offense is average and the Reds offense is not. Now, the Reds know how to score in Cincinnati. They also know how to give up runs in Cincinnati. Overall, this Reds offense, we've seen it the last couple of weeks. They've kind of come back down to earth. They weren't as good as that hot streak that they had. They're still, in my opinion, a very bad offense that just sometimes scores runs in Cincinnati. 
Brewers offense is average. They should be able to get plenty of runs. They'll get several off of Hunter Green, especially early on as it's hot, with the wind blowing out. And then as the bullpen gets going and we end up with worse pitchers, Brewers should score early and score often. And again, I trust the Brewers to hold it down with the relief core, even though Hayter is gone. Whoever's stolen the sixth and seventh and eighth is still much better than what the Reds have, and then Williams and the Knights should be solid. With the rest of the total, it's nine and a half. I'm going over. I'm just trusting the fact that uh, the Reds have played a lot of high-scoring games in this park. Um, their offense seems to take advantage of it more so than their pitchers can prevent damage here. I don't think either pitcher is that good. I have them both around league average. Nine and a half seems like a gift. I think this should be 10, maybe even 10 and a half. At 10 and a half, you have to think really hard about it, given the fact that it's a warmer night in Cincinnati, especially to start with. So over nine and a half is an A grade pick for me, especially at minus 110. I don't understand this number whatsoever. It's almost like the Reds went on the road and played low scoring games, and people forgot about the fact that, yeah, the Reds offense isn't good, but they play high scoring games at home. Like I said, I think this total number is a gift. I'm going double A picks on this one. Brewers minus 105, fantastic odds there. And then over nine and a half, fantastic number there. A grades for both of those. 705 Easter first pitch, Giants at the Pirates. 80 degrees to start in Pittsburgh. We're going to close in the low 70s. Winds will be blowing out in the 5 to 10 mile an hour range. Probably not too much of an effect. It'll be a slightly better run scoring environment earlier rather than later. Of course, the bullpens are going to counteract that. So keep that in the back of your mind when I say, you know, warmer and stronger winds earlier than later. Uh, Carlos Rodon versus Zach Thompson. Rodon obviously is fantastic. A low three ERA advanced metrics actually in the upper twos. Um, projects to be, you know, definitely a top 10 pitcher in baseball, hands down. Zach Thompson for the Pirates, very okay. You kind of know what you're getting at this point. Solid pitcher. He can give up some runs. Probably, you know, very rarely will he go seven shutout, but um, he's good enough to not get completely, you know, blown up either. Um, but as I mentioned, while the Giants' bullpen is average, it's definitely a drop-off from Rodone to the pen. And while Zach Thompson is average, it's definitely a drop-off from him to the Pirates' bullpen. So better pitchers early, even though it's slightly better hitter weather. The total for this game is 7.5. I'm going to take the first five under four with a B-grade pick. I like the odds here at minus 105. I like the push protection at four. I think the Giants score you know, a couple runs off Thompson, but I'm thinking this is like two to one after five. And then the bullpens take over. And so I think we can say under this first five, and I'll take the Pirates on the money line at plus 177, just a C-grade pick, just one unit. I don't necessarily think the Pirates win this game. It's just that underdogs win, and so not having any in your portfolio. I mean, if you just take nothing but favorites, you will lose money, right? So you either have to take some underdogs, or you have to lay off some favorites, one of the two. Um, this one here seems priced right for the underdog. Um the Giants, the model says, should be minus 173 favorites. I love Radon, absolutely. But on the road, laying a price like minus 200, we always talk about 200 is kind of the threshold. And it's not, there's nothing magical about it. I mean, minus 199 and minus 201 are more or less the same play, right? But when I start seeing prices around 200, right now the Giants are around that minus 200 number, we always talk about, I need a massive pitching discrepancy. I need a really good pitcher versus a really bad pitcher. And that's where laying a price at minus 200 with the Phillies in game one here is tough. And I'm on the run line because I think at least I've mitigated my odds risk. Okay. And that's the reason why. So if you like the Giants here, I kind of think the same thing. You got to look at a run because you got to mitigate the odds risk of how many units you have to lay. Laying that minus 200 with a guy like Ranger Suarez is kind of crazy in my opinion. And the same thing here in this game. It's not to say the Giants don't win. They probably do. But in the long run, laying a price at minus 200, on the road against an average pitcher like Zach Thompson, it's just I, I just I need a bigger pitching discrepancy before laying those types of prices, especially on the road. If this pitching discrepancy was in San Francisco, I probably would lay minus two hundred. But in Pittsburgh, it's just not big enough on the road here, especially given the Giants' offense, well better than the Pirates' offense. It's definitely been inconsistent, and the Giants' bullpen, well definitely better than the Pirates' bullpen, has been inconsistent. Baseball's a pretty variable sport. Plus 177 is a solid price. I'll take a flyer with the Pirates. If they lose, it only costs us one unit. And if we win, we've made almost two. I think it's lower scoring early. Bullpens, 
I don't really know. At least the benefit is as the game moves along, the weather becomes less conducive to scoring. So that's my take there on the game in Pittsburgh. 705 Easter first pitch, Rays at the Orioles. Upper 80s to start in Baltimore, lower 80s to close. It'll be a hot one, definitely a run-scoring environment with regards to the temperature. Winds will be blowing across at 10 to 15 miles an hour. Maybe, again, to right field, again, like we said, maybe a slight benefit to a lefty, maybe a slight detriment to a lefty. It's probably rounding error. The biggest thing here is the heat. Shane Baz versus Dean Kremer. Baz struggled in his – looked great for the first two innings in his uh, debut last time out, really struggled in the third Still projects to be around league average. Kremers had a solid season, upper three ERA, but the advanced metrics say it should be a full run higher and projects to be well below league average. Model says raise minus 157. I'll back the raise minus 148. A grade pick for me. Anything in the minus 150 or better range is an A grade in the minus 150s. It's a B pick for me personally. I think the Rays are the better team. They have the better offense. They have the better bullpen. They have the better starter, in my opinion. I don't mind laying this type of price, but once you get up into the minus 160s at that point, it's just too steep. It's not drastically different than the game we just talked about with San Francisco and Pittsburgh. The difference, of course, is that Rodon gives the Giants a little bit more of a boost than Baz does. And that's why the model has the Giants price that much better. Um, but it's, a, it's, a, it's fairly similar for the fact that we've got 16 games today. There's no actual two games that are perfectly similar. But I'm just saying that they're, they're fairly similar with regards to how they profile. You definitely have the better team on the road, but it's all about the price. Giants definitely should be favored, but probably not by, you know, in the minus 200. They should definitely be favored. I think maybe in the minus 160 seems like a pretty good price. Minus 148 is great value. A pick for me there. And with regards to the total, it's eight and a half. I'll take a flyer on the over with a warm night. I don't have a lot of confidence in it, though. The Rays offense grades out to be pretty good. They're just very sporadic. They'll go stretches and they'll, you know, put up 10 in a game. And they'll have a game like last night in, you know, in New York where, should have been an opportunity for them to put up some runs given the pitching change and they score one run all game. So, I mean, this race offense is just so hit or miss. The Orioles have been more of an under team. Their offense isn't very good. The bullpen continues to overperform. So I don't have a lot of confidence on this total. I'll just go with warm night. Eight and a half probably seems a little bit too low. I think this total should be nine. So I'll go over eight and a half with a lean at nine. It's a complete stay away because I think your odds of pushing are fairly high. And then I don't really know which way to take it from there but i'll go over eight and a half with the lean on the total but i really like the raise to win this one i think the price is pretty good so i'm giving that an a grade speaking of those yankees 705 eastern first pitch they will travel to toronto to play the blue jays jordan montgomery versus ross stripling montgomery with a pristine 270 era advanced metrics not that good but pretty solid projects to be a very good pitcher here projects more in the mid to upper three range still very good he's having a great year and it's not really smoke and mirrors. Uh, again, maybe a little bit deflated, but not by much. Versus Ross Stripling, a guy I talk about, you never really know what you're going to get from this guy year to year, month to month. Sometimes he looks fantastic. Sometimes he doesn't. So far this year, he's pitched well. He has a 314 ERA. Advanced metrics line up pretty close to that. Projects worse just because, again, the uh, totality of data that we have on him is more all over the board and not always consistently good. But when Stripling's good, he's good. Two pitchers here that are pretty good, pretty solid, both above average. I like both of these guys. Model says Yankees minus 114 and talked about it. Anytime the model says there's a Yankees edge, I'm all over it. The Yankees are on pace to win approximately 200 games this year. And a team in that situation that's such an outlier, the model tends to want to fade. Sometimes unsuccessfully. <laughs> this year it's been mostly unsuccessful fading. So anytime there's a Yankees edge, I'm going to jump all over that. Price is minus 105. That seems just way too low in this situation. A great pick for me. The model thinks minus 114. Anything up to minus 120, I'm probably pretty comfortable playing. Anything in the minus 110s would be a B grade pick. You've lost a little bit of value on the price, but it's still a worthy investment. Again, I like Stripling. I think he's pretty good, but I still think Montgomery's a better pitcher. Um, Yankees offense is, is better than the Blue Jays offense. Both these pens are pretty solid. I know the Yankees are on the road, but the way that they're playing right now, this price is a gift in my opinion. With regards to the total, it's nine and a half. I think the total should be nine, so I'll take under nine and a half with a lean. It's it's the opposite scenario of the game before in Baltimore 
where I took over eight and a half. Here I go under nine and a half. I think both totals should be nine. You do have a hitter's park in Toronto, but both these pitchers are above average. And these two teams, they tend to play each other in tighter, low-scoring games. A number of times we've seen weaker pitchers in this matchup, and it'll be a 3-2 game late. So I, I, I lean under at 9.5. At 9, again, I, it's a pass because I, going under 9, you've lost some value there that you push on that number, which is very possible to land on. Um, and like I said, I just, I just can't get over with these pitchers. It's just hard to go over. It's not a situation where we have, you know, 90 degree heat and the wind blowing out because we'll be in the in the dome in Toronto. If the roof's open, it's because it's a pleasant night. It won't be overly hot. So I lean under just because I think the number should be nine. Um, but my main play here is on the Yankees at minus 105. I think that gift is, I think that price is a gift for us. Game two in Washington, 705 Eastern, first pitch. It'll still be warm to start off. We'll have 90 degree weather and it'll close in the 80s. Winds will be blowing across to start in from left field to close projected pitching matchup is Bailey Falter versus Paolo Espino Falter's a guy who has a low four ERAs but the advanced metrics think it should be a full run higher kind of a mixed bag with him projects to be below average Philly's not really throwing much in the way of uh, good pitching there in game two Espino on the other hand a 208 ERA advanced metrics more in the mid threes doesn't project as well um, a guy who's not going to go deep into the game. I don't expect him to go, you know, six innings, but um, he'll be solid to start off. Um, go his three-ish innings, maybe four, and then turn it over to the bullpen, which for the Nationals is below average. Model says Phillies minus 133. That seems about right. The Phillies are the better offense, better bullpen. Um, but I don't really have that much confidence in Falter. Um, and on the road, I think the Phillies should be favored, but the price, you just have to be careful laying too big of a price here with a road favorite in a game where they don't have a starting pitcher edge. Um, we'll see what the number is on that one. And when one appears, I will post about it on Twitter and update the sheet. To another game with no number as of yet, 17 Eastern first pitch Marlins at the Mets. In New York, it'll be mid-80s to start, upper 70s to close. The winds will be blowing out or across to right field. It'll be kind of a mix between the two, at 10 to 15 miles an hour. So maybe some slight edge to the hitters there. It's a little warm. Wind's blowing a little out. Not too much of a boost, just a minor one. And of course, a massive pitcher's park there in New York. Keep that in mind. Pablo Lopez versus Carlos Carrasco. Lopez, I believe, is not confirmed, and so that is why... Uh, there is no line yet on this one. Obviously, Pablo Lopez is a guy I love. Low two ERAs. Probably not that good, but still, advanced metrics think it should be in the low threes. Carrasco also having a fantastic year. Upper three ERAs, but the advanced metrics actually are slightly in his favor compared to Pablo. I really like both of these pitchers. Pablo having such a good year last year and having that track record of it versus Carrasco having missed so much time. Carrasco gets a little bit of a ding. If you see the rating there on the sheet, but both these guys I project to be very good pitchers. Model says Mets minus 133. Again, we'll see what the numbers are there, and then we'll tweet out a pick later in the day. 17 Easter first pitch, Rangers at the Tigers. Tigers multiple pitches away from closing that one out last night. Couldn't get it done for us at the plus odds. Tonight, we're going to start off around 80 degrees, close around 70. Winds will be blowing out to left center or center field around 15 miles an hour. So a little bit of a boost there to the bats based off of that wind. But as the game moves along, that'll definitely be offset a little bit by the cooling temperatures. John Gray versus Tariq Skubal. Gray not nearly as bad as that 485 ERA. Advanced metrics think it should be in the upper threes. Gray's still a good pitcher. Don't let that ERA mislead you. Trick Scooball, fantastic pitcher, upper two ERA. Advanced metrics actually better than that 270 ERA. Thinks it should be more in the mid twos. Just a, a real fun pitcher to watch. He's having a great year. And I, I don't see any reason why that doesn't continue. The model says Tigers should be a minus 112 favorite. I'll back the Rangers at plus 110 with just a lean. I love Scooball, but it's really hard to back the Tigers right now. Their bullpen is not good. I was talking about the Rangers bullpen. I don't trust, but at least the Rangers bullpen is at least kind of mediocre. 
you know, mediocre to bad, whereas the Tigers' bullpen is just bad. You saw it last night. They couldn't hold that lead. Um, the Tigers' offense is just atrocious. I, I, they should be better than this, but they aren't. We keep talking about how riding a Tigers team total under has made a lot of sense, got us there to the window yesterday. Um, Gray's a, a solid enough pitcher that I don't see the Tigers scoring many runs. So a Tigers team total under today, also probably a solid play. Like I said, it's not one that I like with the Rangers because I don't really love going against Scooball, but it's really hard to back the Tigers, especially as favorites, given the fact that their offense just cannot score. It seems like so. I'll back the Rangers just a lean though at plus one ten. Not a lot of value at that number. Again, fading Scuba. I, I, I want a bigger number before I got it more invested than that. Total is seven and a half. Wind's blowing out, but I don't trust either one of these offenses to score. The Rangers' offense is average, but against Scuba, they probably don't have a lot of success. The Tigers' offense against an, a good pitcher like Gray, I'm pretty sure won't have any success. So the wind blowing out, I mean, you got to hit good fly balls for the wind to help. I'm not sure these teams can even do that. I'll go under first five, under four, B-grade pick for me. Only a B because of the wind. Otherwise, um, otherwise, I feel like it could be 0-0, zero, zero, but you could get that wind turning a fly ball out into a double or a double into a home run. So I'll only go with a B-grade on that first five under. And, and I'll take the under four in the first five rather than the full game simply because, A, the total seven and a half, but I'd rather go full game under eight. But also um, the drop-off from Scooball to the Tigers' pin is large, in my opinion. And the drop-off from Gray to the Rangers' bullpen is maybe not as large, but it's still a drop-off. So um, I'll stick to the first five here under four. I think this should be three and a half. Um, be great pick for me there in Detroit on that one. 17 Eastern first pitch Cardinals at the Red Sox. It'll be fairly warm, at least to start in Boston, mid 80s to start, mid 70s to close. The winds will be blowing out in the 15 mile an hour range, maybe up towards 20 miles an hour out to right field. The wind didn't help us yesterday. Maybe it'll help us a little bit today, blowing out to right rather than left. Um, out to right there is probably out to center or right is more beneficial in that park, um, given the fact that. The monster already helps hitters so much, either with home runs or with doubles, just because routine fly balls get off that can get off that wall for a double. The wind out to right field um, helps guys go in the opposite direction. So, so the wind there to right or, or to center, not like it is tonight, but in general, probably helps a little more than left field. So I'm hoping that gives us a boost to the runs here tonight. Adam Wainwright versus Michael Waka. Two pitchers who've massively overperformed their projections. Not that Wainwright's a bad pitcher, but this upper two ERA is not sustainable, in my opinion. The advanced metrics think it should be in the upper threes. His projection's even worse than that. But in reality, I think upper threes is a pretty good spot for him. And that'd be a good year for a pitcher. So, I mean, it's not like that's an insult. Um, I just, 284 is a little bit of smoke and mirrors there. So, Red Sox offense is pretty good. I do expect him to score, especially in that park and in, with the weather tonight, with the get a little bit warmer to start and the wind blowing out. Kind of the same story with Michael Waka, but a little more extreme. 233 ERA is definitely smoke and mirrors. Advanced metrics think it should be in the low fours. I still grade him out as a below average pitcher. I think there will be runs tonight. I'm going over nine and a half. It's a B grade pick. The odds are just not good at minus 125. You're essentially betting into the um, over 10 market. And I still go over 10. It's just a B grade at that number. So whether it's nine and a half with a ton of juice or whether it's 10 at better pricing, it's a B pick. Both pitchers have just enough, like they're doing okay to hold me down from this being an A grade pick. I think both have overperformed this year. I don't see them keeping that up. It's again, a little bit of a warmer night for Boston. It's a massive hitters park. Winds are blowing out pretty strong, but I just, the number's just high. It's all about the price here. So it's only a B grade for me there at nine and a half, given the juice we have to lay. With regards to the money line, I'm on the Red Sox minus 113. A grade pick for me on this one. The model says minus 122. Minus 115 is kind of my cut point for an A grade, and the upper minus one teens or low minus 120s, you're down to a B pick. This is priced from, from the sports book perspective as if. Wainwright is going to just dominate this game and that's possible, 
but I just don't think he's that good. I think he's good, not great. Honestly, I think he's probably in that same ballpark as Gray. Um, I know that the results have been different, but again, those results are very good in telling us what did happen. They're not great at telling us what will happen. Going forward, I think both are good. But I just think that Wainwright dominating this game, while possible, is not the most likely scenario. The Red Sox have a really good offense. Um, I think the edge that the Red Sox have on the offense is enough to counteract the edge that Wainwright has over Waka. Minus 113, I think, is a great price. A great pick for me there. Like I said, I think there will be runs. I think it's a higher scoring game. So I'm also on the over. 18 Eastern first pitch, White Sox at the Astros. Lucas Giolito versus Fromber Valdez. Two pitchers I love backing. Uh, Giolito, upper three ERA, advanced metrics, and projection right in line with that. Very good. Fromber Valdez has having a fantastic season. Mid two ERA, advanced metrics in the low threes. So there's no deception there. His projections in the low threes. I really like Fromber. I think he's a great pitcher. Model says Astros minus 143, so I'm going to be on the White Sox here at plus 157 with a B-grade pick. I think there's a lot of value on the White Sox at this number. The Astros are more likely to win, but the Astros haven't been a team that's been extremely profitable to back. The last month of their expected win count based off of the model win probabilities lines up pretty close to their actual win count. In fact, their actual win count is a little bit lower than what the model projected. So they just they were super profitable to back early in the season. The prices were fantastic. We made a lot of money off of them. Uh, the last month or so as we backed the Astros more, it's been more of a mixed bag. Um, tonight I think is a good opportunity to fade them at this price. Plus 157 is pretty good value with Giolito. White Sox offense isn't that far behind the Astros offense. Their bullpen isn't that far behind the Astros bullpen. And the Astros bullpen, just like the White Sox, can be very inconsistent. So it's not like one team has you know, a clear, a clear edge anywhere in this game. It's like the Astros have a little bit better of an offense and a little bit better of a bullpen, a little bit better of a starting pitcher, but no clear edge anywhere for the Astros in this game, in my opinion. So I think the Astros should be favored. Absolutely. And they're at home, but not by the price that they are. Prices in the minus 170s or minus 180s is just way too extreme here, given how good Giolito is. So I'll take the White Sox with a B pick on the money line at plus 157. And with regards to the total, I'm going to go first five under four and a half. I don't understand this number at all. This number should be three and a half in my opinion. Um, I don't think there's hardly any runs scored early on. I think both these guys can hold it down. Um, Later on, you never really know, especially with these bullpens. So I'm staying away from the full game total of seven and a half. Um, I think the full game total at seven and a half is about right, but I would expect more runs late than early. So I don't understand this whatsoever. If you said first five total was three and a half, full game total was seven and a half, given the drop off that you're going to see going from starter to bullpen, I'd say absolutely. Um, but as it is, it doesn't make any sense to me. I'm going first five under four and a half A grade pick. I'd give under four an A grade pick as well. Um, you'd obviously be, be hoping for better odds and minus 120. Um, but I, I think this should be either under four at some crazy juice like minus 125, minus 130, or like I said, under three and a half. This one doesn't make any sense to me. Um, with regards to that total. So on the White Sox for the full game and the first five under a grade pick there in Houston. 840 Eastern first pitch, Padres at the Rockies. A warm one in Colorado. Didn't seem to matter yesterday with regards to the runs there on that one, unfortunately for us. We're going to start off around 90 degrees. We're going to close around 80. Winds will be blowing out to center field in the 10 to 15 mile an hour range. Mackenzie Gore versus Kyle Freeland. Two pitchers that I kind of like to back that I think are a little bit undervalued. Gore has a 250 ERA. The advanced metrics line up pretty close to that. This kid is the real deal. Again, the projection is very good on him, but with regards to the rating, he gets a little bit of a ding because of um, you know how deep the model thinks he's going to go and the fact that he didn't have a track record of doing this. But otherwise, this kid projects to be very, very good. Um, if I just look at his rate stats, um, he's a full standard deviation and a half better than league average projected going forward. Really like Gore. Um, if you haven't taken note yet of this kid, make sure you do. He's a lot of fun to watch. Kyle Freeland, just a very average pitcher, uh, but one who knows how to pitch okay in cores. Um, he's not your standard bad Rockies pitcher. He's he's okay. Um, again, he's not going to win a Cy Young, but he's very serviceable. Model says Padres minus 157. The price right now is minus 148. That's an A-grade pick for me on the Rockies. I'm going to back the Rockies, I mean the Padres again. 
Uh, we've been packing the Padres here recently. I think they're the right side. A grade pick for me, anything under minus 150 in the minus 150s, it's a B pick. And then in the minus 160s, it's either a C pick or a pass. I give the Rockies extra home field advantage as they tend to see one in Denver. The model still thinks there's a Padres edge here. I hate fading Freeland because I think he's undervalued, but I really like backing Gore. I think the price is right here. A great pick for me on the Padres. And with regards to the total, the total is 12, which actually seems a little bit high. Uh, I was expecting this to be more like 11 given the starting pitcher matchup. I don't trust the Rockies' bullpen whatsoever. I don't know what's going to happen once Freeland exits the game. And Gore's not a guy who's going to go deep in the Padres' bullpen. Projects pretty good, but kind of can be up and down. Definitely lacks a little bit of depth in Coors. All it takes is one pitcher coming in and struggling to give up, you know, a three spot, and that can really wreck your totals. You know, especially if he gives up three and doesn't get any outs or something like that. So I'm staying away from the full game total of 12. Um, I think it's a little high, but I'd rather just isolate the first five and I'll go under six and a half. I love that it's even money. A B-grade pick for me, I can't give it an A just because of the fact that unders and cores are always a little bit scary. But I like these two pitchers. I think it's low-er scoring early on. I think the Padres can get probably a, you know, a couple off Freeland, but I think this is more of a like, I think it's going to be more of a surprising low-scoring start to a game in cores. Maybe Padres, you know, two to one after five, and then I expect them to score runs off the bullpen. Rockies probably get a few runs late. I think in the end, the Padres win this game something like six to four would be my guess I think the first five is better market to be in the full game of 12 though 840 Eastern first pitch Royals at the A's it'll be a chilly one in Oakland around 60 degrees winds will be blowing out but in that park I'm not sure it matters too much they'll stick in the five to ten mile an hour range Daniel Lynch versus Frankie Montas I think Lynch is not confirmed for the Royals that's why there's no price on it yet Lynch is a guy who his 550 ERA, probably not that bad, but he's not that much better. He's probably more of a high four ERA guy. I don't think Lynch is very good. Montas, of course, is fantastic. 340 ERA, advanced metrics better than that. I think he should be more around three. I mean, we all know that Montas is a great pitcher. Model says A should be a minus 132 favorite. It's kind of weird to think the A should be favored, but of course, this is their by far best pitcher. And against the Royals, you know, we always talk about how bad the A's bullpen is. The Royals' bullpen's worse. Let's talk about how bad the A's offense is. The Royals offense may be a little better, but not by much. I mean, both these offenses are very bad. I don't expect a lot of runs tonight. Of course, we'll see what the price and what the total is on this one. I'll tweet out a pick. But this could be a low-scoring game for sure. It could be, a you know, an A's 2-1 to type win. Um, so I'll probably be looking to go some under unless the number is extremely low. Royals team total under probably makes a lot of sense. The issue is it's probably going to be 2.5. And two and a halfs are always just a tough thing to back, in my opinion. But when we know more there, I will tweet out the official pick. And again, I will update the sheet with it later. 940 Eastern first pitch, Twins at the Diamondbacks. Devin Smeltzer versus Madison Bumgarner. Neither one of these pitchers is as good as their ERA. Smeltzer is a lot of smoke and mirrors. A 230 ERA, I know it's been fantastic, but that's in A, it's only in six games. B, even in those six games, his advanced metrics say that his ERA should be closer to five. Again, make sure to hear me on this. Smoke and mirrors with Smeltzer. I'm not saying he won't pitch well tonight. The Diamondbacks offense isn't good, but this guy's not going to be able to keep this up all season. He projects in the upper fours, projects to be a below average pitcher. He's not horrible, but he's just not this good. Again, I think he's below average. Bob Gardner, on the other hand, a 350 ERA. Advanced metrics say it should be closer to five. Again, a guy that we backed early on, but been kind of fading off of him a little bit, as people have realized. Again, he's not a bad pitcher. Early on, the perception was that he was horrible. He's not bad. He's not good, though. Um, so at this point, I think, unfortunately, most of the value in backing Bumgarner blindly is gone. Model says Twins minus 135. I'll take the Twins minus 134. It's not a great value, but I'll give it a B pick. I really think the Twins are the right side to be on here. I think there's more of a chance that Smeltzer... Um, is a little bit better than his projection than Bumgarner is. And what I mean by that is Smeltzer, I'm standing by 100%, not as good as that 240 ERA, not even a 340 ERA. But even though his advanced metrics put him in the upper fours, there's a chance that really he's maybe more of a low four pitcher. We don't know as much about him. We don't have as much data. So it's a situation where Smeltzer might be more in between his results and his projection, where at this point, Bumgarner 
kind of is what he is. His projection is one hundredth of a point off of what I have as his advanced metrics for the season. So I think there's more upside with Smeltzer than there is with Bumgarner. I think that there's a chance that the Twins are a little bit underpriced. The issue with the Twins is you never know what their offense. I've talked about this for the last month. Their offense confuses me when I pulled together and I actually like got the results, everything that the model is built off as player based. So when I aggregated the results this year and added the team rankings, uh, or team, the team projections, I was a little surprised at how much the model liked the Twins offense with how they were struggling. Then the Twins offense was scoring 10 runs a game. I was like, oh, well, maybe that's why. There it is, right? And then now the Twins offense can't score again. So that Twins offense is just all over the map. And so that's the, the fear here. You have that variability. But, I mean, the Twins offense is still much better than the Diamondbacks offense. You have a huge edge there. Probably a wash starting pitcher-wise, but I still think the Twins bullpen's better than the Diamondbacks bullpen. Minus 135 seems like a short price to, to lay here. Minus 134, excuse me, seems like a short price to lay. So back to Twins, only a B-grade pick, though. For an A pick, I would need this to get into the minus 120s, preferably around minus 125. If you saw that price, I'd throw that extra unit on it because I think you're getting a lot of value there. Total's nine. I'll go over the total of nine, but only with a B pick. Again, I don't. I think both these pitchers are below average. The Twins' offense is just so hit or miss, and the Diamondbacks' offense I just don't really trust. So I'll go over nine, but it's not one that I love because there's just a lot of moving pieces in this game with regards to is it going to be more of a three-to-one game or a six-to-four game. So I'll go over mainly because I think both these starting pitchers aren't as good as their ERA. I think we got a little bit of value going over, especially at nine, given that we have that push protection there. 10 10 Eastern first pitch, Angels at the Mariners. Angels getting the win last night with Otani. Tonight they'll throw out Michael Lorenzen. It's a 350 ERA, a 345 ERA. Advanced metrics, about a half run higher than that. Projects to be a good pitcher, above average, um, but but not great. Robbie Ray, a 450 ERA. Advanced metrics and projection line up pretty close to that. Um, Ray's still getting a little bit of respect because he is a guy that can go deep. Um, so I rate Robbie Ray at a little better than Lorenzen, but not by much. I mean, both these pitchers are pretty similar. Model says Mariners minus 114. I'll take the Angels at plus 117 with a B pick. I still think Ray's a little overvalued. So I'll back the Angels here at this price. Total 7.5. I'll go over on the 7.5. Also a B grade. You know, the Mariners have been an interesting team because at home they've played some really high-scoring games and some really low-scoring games. I don't know if it's something to do with the ball. I don't know if it's how they're scoring. I don't, I don't know what's going on with that necessarily. It's just been interesting to me. This feels like a game that's either going to be, you know, have four or five runs in it or it's going to have 12 and there's really no in-between. I'll go over seven and a half because I think eight's very possible. Um I think there's always value in going over when you have a pitcher who I think is still getting too much respect in Ray. I still grade out this Mariners offense as pretty solid. Um, last night was four to one, and that was in a game with two much better pitchers. So obviously you can't translate that. I'm not necessarily trying to. I'm just as a reference point, you had two fantastic guys going last night, and there were five runs. Can we get three more given that now we've gone from great pitchers to barely above average pitchers. I think that's very possible. Like I said, I think this number should be eight. So we'll go over seven and a half, but one, one I love, only a B pick for me there in Seattle. And then to close this out here, the Guardians will be at the Dodgers. A chilly night in LA, of course, as usual. It'll be in the upper 60s, close around 70. As usual, winds will be blowing out around 10 miles an hour to start to die down as the game goes along. Zach Plesak versus Clayton Kershaw. Kershaw is obviously a fantastic pitcher. Um, I don't really think I have to say much about that. His advanced metrics are good. The projection's good. He's a great pitcher. Um, Zach Plesak, you know, somewhere between below average and average. We've talked about him a lot where, you know, his ERA is 4-7. His advanced metrics are a little bit better than that. Um, can kind of put it together and be respectable at times. Um, like I said, somewhere between average and below average. Model thinks more below average. Model says Guardians should be 
a 217 underdog. So I'll take them at 224. I think the price is right. Only a C grade pick. It's like the Pirates. It's not that I think the Guardians win this game. It just goes to, again, you should have some underdogs in your portfolio or you should at least pass on some favorites. I think the price is just too high here. As much as I like Kershaw, I think that Plesak can potentially keep this close enough where at the end of the game we're saying, hey, plus 224, if anything can happen, is good value. Total is eight. I'm going to go under eight with a B grade. I like the under more than I like the Guardians. Stodgers' offense is fantastic, don't get me wrong, but they haven't scored a ton lately. Again, who knows what's going on with the ball situation. It's obviously a, a point of a talking point, you know, for all games across the season, uh, whether it's just a, a little midseason funk. Um, but they've kind of struggled to score lately. Uh, they got four of their last game against Anaheim, um, against the I don't think they got very many of the, the first game of that series. They got, you know, they were scoring twos and threes against the Giants, a Giants team that has definitely surprisingly given up a lot of runs this year at times. Um, again, a fantastic offense for the Dodgers. I don't, I'm not saying that I think this is anything going forward. I'm just saying right now they don't seem to be doing great. And given the fact that Plesak can be okay, I mean, there's a chance he holds them down. There's, of course, a chance the Dodgers go off, but. You look at some of the pitches the Dodgers have faced, and they haven't done it lately, so I'm not overly confident they can. I also think Kershaw can hold the Guardians. I think the Guardians' best chance is to win this in a low-score game, win a 3-2 to type game. I think I don't think the Guardians score much. I think the Guardians score two runs, three runs. I like under eight because I think the Dodgers, they might score one, they might score four, they might score five, but I just it, the probability that they score seven or eight in a chilly night, given how they perform. I just don't think it's that high. So I'm going to go under 8, B grade pick, and I'll take a flyer with the Guardians just at that price of plus 224. I think anything in the plus 220s or higher offers some solid value. That's all of the games. A recap of the A picks. I've got the Phillies in game one on the run line, fading our boy, Yoan Adone, at minus 125. I've got the Braves and the Cubs in that day game at under 8, minus 110. I've got the Brewers. Minus 105. And I've got the over nine and a half in that game as well in Cincinnati at minus 110. I've got the Rays, minus 148 at the Orioles. I've got the Yankees, minus 105 at the Blue Jays. I've got the Red Sox, minus 113 at home against the Cardinals. I've got the White Sox Astros, first five under four and a half at minus 120. And I'll close this off with the Apex, the Padres at minus 148 on the road against the Rockies. And that's all I have for you today. Thanks for tuning into another episode of Picks with the Professor. A reminder to check out the Google Sheet for model picks, projections, and results. You can find that link and more at the website, www.pickswiththeprofessor.com. If you haven't done so yet, please click that subscribe button to ensure all the sports betting content we provide on this channel is dropped right into your feed. I will see you tomorrow, and until then, remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.